Welcome to Who's at the Cottage, a show about getting away, being away, and all the things that happen in between. Every week, we invite a bunch of friends to join us for great conversation and lots of laughs. Who's at the Cottage is supported by Grill Time Gourmet Meat Shop. Receive $5 off your next order when you mention the podcast. Grill Time at 62 Layer Drive in Leaside. Take out or cook out. Come and get it. Support for this podcast comes from Amsterdam Brewery, brewing damn good beer in Toronto since 1986. Welcome to Who's at the Cottage. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Maureen Norman. I'm a lifelong cottage lover, and with me today is my pal, Mel. Mel's a city girl, but she's tempted by the Great White North, so we're going to help her figure out if it's for her. I've also got my buddy Chris with me. Chris was born and raised in cottage country, but he's a city guy now. Mel? So I'm Mary Ellen Lett, but everybody calls me Mel, so just call me Mel. And I am Chris Worth, and uh, yeah, you can just call me Chris. That's good. And also with us is our friend and grill master, I might add, Andy Elder. Andy? Welcome, and uh, thanks for joining us around the grill tonight. Excellent. So each week, here's what's going to happen. We're gathering around Andy's grill, where he's going to cook up something fabulous for us. And we'll be joined by some great guests who have their own unique cottage experiences and perspectives to share. So for our first episode, we're going to talk about food because, hey, who doesn't like food? And I have two dream men here, Maureen. Uh-oh. Because I've got Peter Neal. Don't you mean three? Yeah, well, come three, on. But the, the <laughs> first a little two. left out Sorry right. there, Chris. That's all right. So we've got Peter Neal from Neal Brothers Foods. He's the uh, partner, I guess, in the gourmet snack empire that is Neal Brothers. And then we've got Naz Cavallero from Royal King. And you are the barbecue guru, right, Naz? I love to eat. <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> so it made sense that we would talk about food in our first episode because it's an integral part of being away. Everybody has all of their favorites, their secrets, um, their preferences. And uh, as we began developing our theme, of course, one of the things that came up was charcoal, propane, or this thing called the green egg. Green egg. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What? what? Did I'm, we say something? Did we, did we offend you, Naz? <laughs> no, no. No, okay, no, Naz. No, 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 that's perfect. We're talking about propane, charcoal, and something called the green egg. Yeah. Right? Why don't you fill us in? Yeah, the green eggs, if the eggs go green, they're not good. You should go <laughs> get some fresh <laughs> eggs. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. No, it's, uh, yeah, charcoal's really taken off uh, over the past few years, and more and more uh, people are getting into the whole experience of, you know, fire and sparks and flavors of that comes out of charcoal. Um I mean, there's so many flavors, different types of woods you can use, all different woods, the chips. Those are all ingredients to changing your food uh, flavors in the end. So, And the people that are buying them are people that have gas grills. Like, it's just another addition to their kitchen, let's call it the outdoor kitchen. Um, it's it's taken off, which is really good. And, and Andy can vouch for it because it's really, you get a lot of people uh, asking you at your location, uh, about charcoal and smoking and all the beautiful things of smoke. Yeah, for me, uh, when people are cooking with charcoal, it does take a little bit longer to get the charcoal uh, to the Going. right you know, heat yeah. to start cooking on. And to me, it, it's an amazing thing because that says to people, or says uh, to me that people are taking the time to slow down a little bit, cook differently, yep. and enjoy things in a different way. Yeah, it's it's and and it's so relaxing. It's therapy. I call it therapy. Yeah, and Definitely. for me, it's at the cottage where I feel like I really have 
the time and take the time to do that, to cook that way. Yeah. Well, you're, you're doing a form of charcoal cooking right now when these pieces of wood go down to embers. You can actually cook on that, put a nice grid over it and, and put some meat on there or proteins and start cooking. You know, that's where it all came from. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to clarify, because yeah. I know very little about the subject, we've talked about this. Women don't approach the barbecue. I'm it's, afraid of it, actually. Are you? And funnily enough, we've come had, a long way, though. I know. Well, I had my friend up from Arizona, and she too is like, I will not go near the barbecue. Hmm. And when I have a barbecue, guys cook. So, so that's either good or bad for the movement. It's probably bad, but for women looking to meet men, it may not be bad. Uh, I'm not suggesting strangers come by and grill for you, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Naz, here's what I've learned. I'll take what I can get. No. Okay. <laughs> Charcoal is involved with smoking you need charcoal you can't smoke with propane okay so let's let's make something clear uh, you call it a barbecue uh, anything that has a, a propane or natural gas hooked up to it a uh, piece of equipment a kitchen stove whatever you want to call it um, you're actually grilling on a gas grill barbecuing is a whole slow and low process that drippings from the foods will hit a hot surface whether it be coal charcoal or a flavor wave that you find on these grills and vaporize and makes the smoke the, the food is dripping the pores are opening up the drippings fall on this hot surface make smoke the smoke goes back into the food before the pores close up and you get this wonderful smoke ring inside your food and flavors when it does close up and you start, you know, you add more smoke or you, you continue to cook at it, then you start seeing this brown finish on the outside of the proteins. That's called a bark. That's even more. When you're using big pieces of meat, you know, like a brisket or a pulled pork, you can't get all that smoke in the middle of the of the protein. So you're using the outside, the bark, and then when you pull it and mix it all together, it just gives you a wonderful smoke flavor. But, yes, yeah, smoke is, a, is an ingredient. It's a recipe ingredient. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. So, um I don't know if you know this, Peter, but Chris, our buddy to your right, just got a new barbecue. I did. And I don't think Naz knows this either. He does not. He does not. I bought myself a broil king. Good for you. Great barbecues every time. Fantastic barbecue. However, I need to apologize to Andy. I said to myself, I need some spectacular steaks. That's what I need. So I went to Andy's location in Toronto, and I picked up some of the best-looking steaks I could find. Did you get that? I did. Sal? Unfortunately... I destroyed these steaks. Oh, no. <laughs> Ladies, this is a perfect so example not, yeah, of somebody who does not read a manual. Well, I, there was that. There was that. But no, I was so used to my old, I'm going to use the word crappy, my old crappy barbecue, my old crappy grill, I stand corrected, <laughs> that it was, uh, I was so used to finding these little hot spots and I really had to crank it up to get any kind of heat out of the damn thing. Well, put it on my broil king and gazah. These steaks were pieces of charcoal. I could have actually cooked off of them. You could have smoked with them, I could have smoked with them in later life because, oh, I I just destroyed them. It had nothing to do with all the Amsterdam beer you drink. None. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Thank you, Amsterdam. I swear. One of our sponsors. No, but uh, you know what? Now that I've... I actually did read the manual, and I've come to truly enjoy and appreciate how... Really, how much I can do with it? That's um, a top-notch testimonial. It really is. It really is. It was. It was the. Uh, it was just. It was spectacular. And and uh, I, I, I purchased a, a beef tenderloin from Andy uh, uh, last week, and did it. Uh, I, I'm a big sous vide cooker, so I sous vide it first, and then I finished it on the grill. And okay. It, okay. It was Hang on a minute. Do you know what he's talking about, Peter? I'm so clued out. No. I'm glad we're together on this end. What? <laughs> okay. 
So in brief, I don't want to get like all scientific, but so in uh, sous vide cooking is under vacuum. It's French. Okay. It's a like method of cooking. Yeah, vacuum? yeah. You, you put it underneath your vacuum. No, no, no. What you do is uh, your Bissell. Yes, your, yes. your Bissell. It's all I was good. thinking Dyson. Somebody yeah. should call them for sponsorship. <laughs> totally, totally. Can we get on that, please? What is what is happening here? No. Uh, essentially, what you're doing is you are cooking the meat uh, at a consistent temperature. So you're you're putting the meat in a vacuum package, vacuum sealed bag. You're cooking it underwater. A lot of restaurants use that. This is this is exactly and my friend right. Kevin does this as well. Yes, and and it is uh, a spectacular way to make sure to ensure that you are cooking consistently edge to edge, and then you can take it to your smoker, you can take it to your grill, and you can finish it and give it that nice bark that Nas was just telling us about. Or you can take it to Mel and she'll finish it off. On there the you go. Or, or <laughs> Mel, You'll or be sorry Mel. if I did because it yeah. won't be well, good. It won't be pretty. No, because you've already passed out at this point. <laughs> that's right. That's pretty much it. No, it is. <laughs> it is. Burn them again. <laughs> but isn't sous vide also under a certain temperature too? Right? It's uh, uh, under it, 120 or 125, I think uh, it is. Or? Yeah. It depends on what you're cooking. Yeah, yeah, it depends. If you want beef at medium rare at 135, you're going to take it out of your sous vide at 125 and or give less. it the, the 10 degrees that it needs to finish on a, on a heat source. Okay. Correct. And what if I have one Chicken. of your tenderloins on there? Andy, what, what would those cook at? Uh, about about 125. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But chicken, chicken that must be cooked well done. In Isn't going to come out of sous yes. vide at 125. It should yeah. come out at about 155 Correct. and finish on the grill. Is the sous vide a thing or a method? No, it's a thing. No, it's, it's a, a method. It's a, it's a method. method. But, it's a method. But, but you need the actual <laughs> arguably uh, parts yes. of it. Arguably, right? yes. How so does it get in the vacuum? That's what I want to know. You can either go and buy yourself a vacuum sealer, uh, <laughs> or you can use which we what we do is what's called the... Uh, the um, water method where you basically submerge the bag with the meat in it in water and as you do you ease the air out of the bag and then you ziplock it oh that sounds like um archimedes macgyver no oh, remember the eureka <laughs> moment for archimedes yes the displacement theory that's exactly right i could be way off but is it french sous vide <laughs> i'm 98 sure i said it was french yeah. yes i know someone who's a french major they may be able to translate for us. Oh, I'll look go. into that at there the break. So uh, we haven't talked about eggs and what they really are all about. And we, we can come back to that. But right now... It's time for Ask Andy Anything. Each week, one of our guests asks Andy a question. Here's this week's. Andy, how do you cook the perfect burger? Wow, cooking the perfect burger is one of those things that has... Uh, you could probably ask 20 people and you come up with 20 different answers, 20 different opinions. But here's mine. Mine would be preheat it, max it, max it up. Get the grills as hot as you can get them. And when it's time to put the burgers on the grill, I would turn the heat down to low or medium low and cook them more slowly and patiently over low heat. When they cook on too high a heat, the fat that is in the burger releases, causes flare-ups, and once you have flare-ups, you have lost complete control over your cooking. See, Chris, go ahead. And, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the, that broiling uh, barbecue is probably going to be 700 or 800 degrees oh, yeah. when you start cooking, so you can't, that's too hot to mm-hmm. cook the burger at. So turn it down, cook it more patiently and more slowly, turn it, and uh, that would be it. So instead of a four or five minute cook, it's probably a seven, eight, nine minute cook. Oh, who's got that kind of time? Come on. <laughs> and question, um, are all burgers the same? No. 
or would would it would it be a different method for a veggie burger? Say, is that a burger? I don't. Inv- I, don't I don't know if it's going to drip. I don't bad, invite people to the I, cottage. I was going to say you're really <laughs> insulting him now. I don't invite people to the cottage that might ask me for a veggie burger. Fair enough. It sounds like something sous vide would come <laughs> over and ask for. Let, so let's yeah, she. So let's call it. Sue. Let's call it the veggie patty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It doesn't deserve burger. Okay. Fair, enough. Okay. Fair enough. Let's call it Patty. Fair enough. That, we will strike that question okay. from the record. Well, thank you, Peter, for taking on the Ask Andy Anything question. It's a big one. So now that we're talking about things uh, beyond grilling, mm. let, let's jump over to you, talk about what you do in your business because you provide all kinds of goodness at the cottage for people. So why don't you tell us what some of those things are? We are net providers of extraordinary snacks. <laughs> How's that? I love it. My dream uh, man. Would you get close to the grill if I was there? I just might. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on the temperature. Yeah. <laughs> Whether Sue showed up or not. A few bags exactly. of popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, my brother and I started this uh, company 29 years ago. We, we do a whole lot of different types of snacks. So tortilla chips and salsas and potato chips and uh, apparently some fantastic Pillowy pretzels with oh, honey mustard best. seasoning on them that mm, Mel's going to die for, mm, yeah. or Michelle died for. I, I yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're the perfect kind of um, snacks that uh, they're, they're. We like to call them um, better than or healthier than, but you know, they're still full. You know, full lip smacking, good taste snacks for sure, and uh, they're amazing for a cottage weekend. You know, we actually we developed the corn salsa back about 25 years ago at uh, Mom and Dad's cottage up in um, Huntsville area. And not wanting to throw out things like corn on the cob, I shaved all the corn off a few cobs and we threw it in with some corn relish that some local guy had made and added one of our current salsas to it. And we developed this really amazing, wonderful tasting, sweet, hot corn salsa that's become kind of a cult favorite. Uh, if you don't mind my me saying, if you don't mind me saying, it is... Uh, one of the best salsa snacks that I've ever, ever had. It is unbelievable. That sweetness, the, the little bit of heat, you could eat it by the spoonful. Well, I wouldn't know because you didn't bring any, but that's <laughs> another subject. I have some here in my pocket. Okay. I, 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 have, some so in, I have some in my pocket. wrapped up in a sous vide bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy is going to pull that from next to the barbecue deck here. And bring that over. Thank you. He's got some in the cooler. Fantastic. Is it something that needs to be refrigerated? Once opened, but I do know there's there's uh, we we do ha- we have had a number of people from the Caribbean write in and say that they like to open up three or four jars and let it percolate for three or four months. And then really, Steven, yeah, hmm. I think you have to sort of scrape past some of the fungal material and the blackened salsa. It's all organic. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually, we, we, one of our products is um, kind of a, at the time, about 25 years ago, was something that hadn't been out in the market. It's a blue corn chip. And everyone thought we had either dyed them blue, blue or we had corn. barbecued them on barbecue at the time to make them black. <laughs> they actually thought they were charcoal or something. Was, was Chris amazing. there? I don't think I have any more check... Uh, Checks to hand out. Yeah, my my checkbook's well empty, it, Peter, guys. That's, that's all it lived on for. I've, it's been our, a staple at the cottage. And that's that's. Uh, we actually would then char some of our corn and then put it into the, for a smoky uh, corn salsa experience. You know what? we got to bring what that out. What kind of chip do you I use? No, I haven't I, done I, that. I think what kind of smoke are you using? Andy has so graciously brought over some of this corn well, salsa. Goodness. So I'm just going to have a little taste. Go for it. Oh my god, that's good! <laughs> and you know what? As a result of this oh, wonderful really. conversation around the grill, I think we are going to have to come out with a smoky corn salsa. I think that's this a great is fantastic. Idea. Slightly charred. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not Excellent. sharing. Don't bring another spoon. <laughs> <laughs> no way. 
No, I, I think that's a brilliant idea. So, so we've given birth yeah. to a new product. Yeah, we really have. And delicious. I Excellent. might start the cooking process in a bag. Oh, in a vacuum. Sue, Do it. Will Sue yeah. be there? And look, I just took a <laughs> dainty so. little the spoonful of this. Brought to you by the Bissell Company. <laughs> and yeah. Naz just went right in Jumped there. right in there. I like that. Well, I like spoon. that about Naz. So, uh, Delicious. Let's wow. let's let's get Peter and Naz uh, on the same page with a topic. So I have a question about marinade and marinate. What's the difference? And I know I think Peter, you have a marinade. We, uh, well, we have, we do. We, you could marinate <laughs> with our marinades. So one's a verb. Yeah, okay. and that's no charade. No, <laughs> we could we could do all those things. Um, where would you like us to start? Well, I guess the question is, do you? advocate that because it changes the process and i've heard all kinds of conflicting information put it on after put it on before don't put it on at all and uh as a result i I don't do any of those things well i I can mean i know for our tougher meats and we usually buy half a cow at a time and there's always those cuts those flanks etc that that require some marinating Marinating, yes. and, uh, <laughs> and and everyone's got their their secret potion. But maybe not. You want to talk about that in terms of what that does to the cooking process and whether it, you use it that. It just breaks down everything. It softens everything up. The muscles uh, just takes a less tender cut, like you said. And uh, I wouldn't marinate very long, uh, maybe four to six hours. Uh, if you're going to do steaks, I mean, people marinate great quality cut steaks, but. I find it not necessary. I think more like a, a steak that doesn't have that much marbling. That you got to remember, the fat is flavor. So something that has, doesn't have that much fat in it, or something that has a lot of muscle or tendons, you want to break them down. You marinate them. You can brine them. Uh, you can slowly cook them. Let them break down. There's all kinds of different ways to get the end result you're looking for. Okay, so I know it sounded like a silly question, but really. Then what is the difference between those things and a barbecue sauce? And when does that go on? These are very difficult questions when you don't know what you're doing. Um, a marinade helps tenderize. A, a, a sauce is something you put on the last few, um, like the last 5 10% of cooking. Uh, you, it's just another layer of flavor. Uh, you have the protein, then you have your spices, then you have the sauce. And I always tell people, heat up your sauce before you put it on your food. Um, that helps keep the, the meat or the protein uh, at that temperature. Because if you put it on cold, a lot of people take it out of the fridge and just put it right on the meat. And then they spread it around and it just cools down the whole protein. Uh, if you heat it up on your side burner, people always ask, what do you use your side burner for? That's what you use a side burner for. Then you take that sauce, you put hot sauce on hot food, continue the cooking process, and then you get the last layer of flavor. It's just another layer of flavor. That's what it is. Excellent. Okay, two follow-up questions. First, Sorry, Andy, go ahead. Actually, I, I just want to jump in on that. You I know, was going to ask Andy, m- what's most, your view? Most sauces have you know, the sugars in them, mm-hmm. which need caramelization. And so, as Naz said, if you put them on too early, it's the last home stretch that you put them on for. If they're on too early, you roll them out, and you, you just, they just make a mess. Yeah. All you really want to do is have them on long enough to caramelize the sugars, to add that beautiful glaze and beautiful flavor to finish off the meat right at the very end. So, Peter, your product, is it a sauce, a glaze, or a marinade? <laughs> yeah, we used to have a line of uh, salad dressings. There's one or two of them that had high vinegar, and they were great for breaking down the, those muscles. Um, I used to think that I was soaking my arms in them. Um, <laughs> I explained that to my wife. Um, but uh, but um, we don't have those anymore. 
So now we have barbecue sauces, and they're finishing sauces. And you know what? We they are for that exact reason, for that exact purpose, so that last five ten percent of your cooking. But amazing! I didn't know to think to heat them up before now. Oh uh, yeah, well it just keeps the temperature. You're what you're doing is you're opening up the pores if you can. The pores, the juices. You're bringing the cold temperature back up to the front. It tends to overcook if you don't put it on. If you if you go from cold to warm to hot to crust, you can eliminate the two middle ones from hot to crust so you don't have to warm them up i mean you do have to warm them up pardon me you should warm them up so we've heard from chris one of his grilling nightmares it mm. happened quite recently mm. as we know chris was there sauce or marinade or anything involved in that was there a f- uh, no was there an extinguisher there was there, there should have been let me tell you no there was no sauce it was because they were they were beautiful steaks they were beautiful sure. steaks they were steaks that were meant to be just a uh, little little salt little pepper and they were ready to ready to go on the grill. Right. When you're buying from Andy, what else do you need? You know, there's a there's a great Eddie Murphy. You know, like oh, that's a fire. That's a fire. <laughs> that's you right. know, you got the fire, and then you that's got right. you got your Amsterdam beer in your hand, and they want to. It's a str- no. It, the beer is too good to put out the fire <laughs> with that. So it's true. next thought is go get the hose. Yeah, yeah. hose or fire extinguisher. I guess. So. Peter, um, what would you recommend for a guy like Chris, because he's got to learn to be patient now around his new grill, <laughs> what would be the perfect snack that wouldn't ruin dinner? Uh, I think you should ask Mel. Well, I was going to say, if, you know, <laughs> some of that salsa, for right? Me, <laughs> dinner's always ruined because I eat too much of the snack stuff because it's so good. But anyway. well, we, we do make a salsa that is uh, re- reportedly the hottest commercially available salsa in Canada. It's, it's our habanero salsa. Mm, and really? that would uh, that would probably yep. keep Chris on his toes. That's and dangerous. Keep him away. You know what? I'm, yeah. I'm digging that. I am digging that. Andy, do you have any in the back? <laughs> so that would be uh, chips and salsa while he's waiting for his steak? Yeah, we do a blue corn flax. That's, that's going to provide you a lot of healthy oh, flax, nu- nutritional yes. benefits. The right? ladies love the flax. So see, I don't feel so guilty eating them. The right? ladies love the flax. We, we like to call them snacks with benefits, and that one's definitely mm-hmm. there. And then you just dip a little. You might want some sour cream or something milk product light, aside. Light, yeah. light sour cream. <laughs> What's that? Some light, light sour cream. Yeah. Uh, oh, you want to keep your figure for sure. Um, and otherwise, just marinate yourself. And it'll break yeah. all your muscle down. Yeah. Um, but you <laughs> have a big bath in your marinade. I think it's different from pickling yourself. That's, that's, that's something else. Yeah. That's what caused you to burn the f- steaks in the first place. I think it might have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing. If you, don't, if you don't mind me jumping in on, on some of Pete's snacks. Uh, last, <laughs> Jump away. Yeah, last, last year... Um, Rebranded and repackaged with that Montreal steak spice chip is outstanding. The sriracha potato chip and the vidges is excellent too. Yeah, and um, crushed so down and put over something like chicken or fish mm-hmm. is amazing. And like I am amazing going amazing on a broil king. And I am going to crush down some of your chips in about fifteen minutes, and we're going to have dinner. Can we start with the maple bacon one? Oh, Those yeah. are damn. You guys are killing me. I love. Well, I was going to ask, so now <laughs> the decision's been made. Na- wow. Maple bacon chips. Oh. It is that oh, works. I think we're having salmon. We're having oh. a cedar plank salmon. Amazing. Mm, even yeah. better. Uh, any tips on grilling? Well, Andy or Naz or Chris, if you're so bold. Mm. Any tips on grilling fish? Go ahead, Andy. <laughs> we're at your place. <laughs> yeah, fish can be tricky for sure. Uh, uh, people talk a lot about sticking. Uh, and it's sticking to something. So I think you need to help out the grill. You need to season your grill with oil. I think you need to have, you need to have some, uh, also have some oil on your fish as well. And it needs to be hot when it makes contact. And, and if, as long as it's clean and oiled and you've got oil on the fish as well, you, know, you shouldn't have a problem. How would you do something like salmon if you want to keep the skin? You want to keep it crusty? 
are crispy, but you, you don't want to lose the skin to the grill. So how do you do that on a on a typical grill top? I would uh, I would start with the uh, with the uh, uh, the skin up on my grill. I would grill mark the uh, the other side. And when it was time to flip over, I'd probably avoid putting it directly on the grill, um, just because the right tool for the right job. Right tool with the right job. The griddle. Get yourself a griddle. A griddle, exactly. Yeah. And even and I've I've even lost skin to a griddle. I sometimes will put parchment, Wait a minute. parchment paper. Wait a minute. That may be our quote of this episode. Andy has lost skin <laughs> yeah. to a griddle. You know, Andy's always, always, good, to, I, I, always <laughs> good to keep your pants on when you're grilling. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have put parchment paper down Ooh. on the griddle. <laughs> Perfect. To then crisp up the skin of the fish. Yeah. Great idea. Love it. Love it. It doesn't sell, doesn't sell griddle. Stop saying that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually asked, I was, I was setting that question up because I, I bought a griddle, griddle from you guys. And I will throw my uh, salmon on that because I like to keep the skin crispy. And so I'll do some on uh, cedar plank and then I'll pop it onto the griddle and then make and ensure Beautiful. that that's... Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of tools. You can use planks, you can use parchment, uh, but the griddle is, is, I love it. You use the griddle for so many different things. Blackening fish, burgers. Quick cooking a burger on a griddle quick burger. as opposed bacon to over eggs. a flame bacon is a and eggs. Bacon and eggs, let me tell you, there's yeah. nothing like grilling bacon and eggs. One of my favorite breakfasts. Okay, we didn't cover that and we're running out of time because oh. we have to get to... Chris gets curious. He's I got do. a question for everybody. But I did want to say one of my favorite things is breakfast outside at the cottage oh, on the barbecue. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. Spectacular. Okay, over so to you, stay, Mr. Chris. Are we staying overnight for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> or so I, really hope so. I didn't get it quite clear. Yeah, no. So my question is uh, condiments. What are you thinking? What's a, does everybody, does anybody have a favorite condiment? I know I do. But is there a, is there a particular favorite condiment for the burger? For anything, mustard. Oh. Really. Dijon Roast, mustard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Roasted pepper, feta cheese, and black olive paste. Oh, goodness, you've thought of it. Beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. That is, that is a great condiment. Peter? What do you got? Shamelessly, Neil <laughs> Brothers corn salsa. <laughs> it is. It is still as, my favorite. As a condiment. Yeah, really? as a condiment. Okay. Yeah, Maybe on a really hot good. dog or a hamburger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, what do you got? Sriracha mayonnaise. Neil Brothers sriracha mayonnaise is That's, probably right up there mine. on that list. That is mine. The sriracha. I'm... I'm, a, I'm Admitting it right here and now that, you know what, I bought into the whole sriracha phenomenon as it came out, what, like three years ago, and I cannot get enough of it. I love it, and I will do everything with it. It's on my eggs. It's on, it, I mix it with mayonnaise. I, 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 I just can't, I love it. can't get enough of it. I got a really good recipe, actually. All right. I got to take those chips, crush them up, put them on the salmon, and crust them on a grill. <gasps> That would turn out amazing, actually. It's like two things we've okay, invented. I'm doing in dinner show. tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna, I hands up. <laughs> you can Excellent. put a layer of the stretch of meal right on the fish. Oh. Imagine that. Oh yeah. And then the, the and then the potato same? chips. Okay, good. Mind effort. It's actually Combined. in our cookbook. There you. Oh, is it? It is. Oh, the, the halibut crunch. Yeah. Oh, is that what? I, I do it on our sandwich. Okay, forget it, Naz. All right, they caught me here. Yes, I did see that. No. <laughs> Next cookbook, I'm collaborating with Naz. Okay, we're in. Amazing. All right, Mo, what's your what's your condiment of choice? Uh, you know, it's interesting. The thing about condiments is you you sort of grow up in a world and it has its condiments, and then you meet, you maybe marry, and you learn about other condiments. And uh, my husband and his family uh, introduced me to something called Willie's chili sauce. <gasps> Which That's I, my mom's thing. I didn't she know it existed, it. and now I can't get enough of. I would eat that out of the jar. It's very good. It was Willie's corn relish, or, or his his relish that we did. I don't know if it's a guy. I don't know if there's a Willie. Sure, but it was <laughs> Willie's relish that we used to. The let's, base? let's let's assume yeah. it's a guy. That was part of the inspiration when we created our corn salsa. Amazing. Yeah. That's I been on my parents' dining table for every dinner ever. 
Yeah. That chili sauce. I'm ever right. so glad because I grew up in a mustard, yellow, oh, I, yellow mustard ketchup, regular relish Dijon world. Dijon mustard. And in France, they serve, they have that on tables and you use it with your bread like butter, Dijon mustard. Oh, to yeah. die. Uh, and I grew up in an English mustard home. So the hot English oh, the mustard, hot, 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 hot English mustard. Hot. Yes, yes, love that stuff. Now, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but Coleman's you, uh, mustard that is. You yes. are doing something with Coslix now, right? A terrific Canadian brand. Yeah, we're working with them for sure. They're uh, great partners, and we, we we do we don't do anything other than um, dis- distribution for the product. Right. But uh, yeah, we brand uh, brand manage their their line. They're an incredible. I think they're an incredibly iconic Canadian brand. And they, they've got an amazing one for for fish for salmon. They do. Uh, it's called Amazing Maple, and it's just this. Naz is lighting up over there. See my eyes. Yeah. Mustard, and you know, people forget around the world that we're the mustard capital. For sure. And we have one of the oldest mustard mills is in Hamilton, Ontario. So it's such a tiny little seed that mustard sure seed. Is. The best things grow from that tiny. They certainly seed. do. Well, on that note, I think we're about to wrap up our first episode. Thank you, everyone. Any closing thoughts? Anybody like to share? Mel, do I you know, feel I'm you can approach the grill now? I'm, well, sure. And I've got a lot of gentlemen here if I can. So, uh, Everybody leave your numbers and yes. email addresses, please. All Te- right. If you prefer text, let us know. Sure. I think we need to, to uh, all chip in for barbecue lessons for Mel. I think Yay. so. I think so. I and do. if that includes a therapist to help her get through <laughs> some of the... The, the initial so stages. My fears. So be it. Yeah. You're uh, lighting you know barbecue. Let's, let's do it now. I'm going to fire up the grill. Woo, and amazing. Terrific. Maybe get her a couple more Andy. Dr. Amsterdam's. <laughs> bon appetit. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Salud. Support for this podcast comes from the fine folks at Neil Brothers, an iconic tastemaker of extraordinary foods. Who's at the Cottage is a steak production. Executive producer, Maureen Norman. Production supplied by Gat Broadcast Services. Production assistant, Daniel Cowan.